Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 128 with my friend, Lindsay Traurig. I was very excited to sit down with Lindsay. Lindsay is a walking freaking inspiration and a little glow bubble of positivity. Uh, she's just, you, you feel better being around her. Lindsay's a breast cancer survivor, brain cancer survivor, um, and, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about, you guessed it, Longhorn Steakhouse. <laughs> uh, there will be context to that shortly, but without further ado, I want to give you guys uh, just a great interview with a great person. Here's my friend, Lindsay. You and I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my But hi, I'm just talking about myself. <laughs> Welcome. Um, I'm so glad you're here. I am happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited too. It's funny, I was thinking about the kind of categories I can throw people in that I, I know, like from school or from, from Best Buy. I was at Best Buy for seven years and, and then before that was Longhorn. And because I usually start out with how I know you. Okay. <laughs> I yes. know you from Longhorn. Yes. And actually, I think... So I was thinking about this, like, how did we meet? I think, like, after senior year of college, or high school, high school. Oh, I'm so intrigued. Um, <laughs> I was friends with someone named Heather, and we would come and hang out with, like, some of her friends. I think they worked at FYE. Did and, Heather work at FYE? Yes. I know. I know who this is. What's yeah, her last name? Radlick? Yeah. Well, it was. Yeah. 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 But we, I think I remember us coming over there in the summer and like going swimming or something. Do you know, like coming over where? It was somewhere in Clarkston. So someone's house. Oh my God. Was it Chris Cable's house? <gasps> Maybe. Chris Cable had a pool and he worked at FYE. He was my connection to FYE. Okay. That um, was probably who it was. And then we both dated people that worked at FYE. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna like that the... timeline so we the same age i think so graduate in 01 from, or yeah oh yeah yeah timeline fits <laughs> that's funny but we didn't really get to know each other until we yeah, were at I longhorn I, I had no idea that happened in my defense i was probably drunk at the time um that's crazy yeah that's so that's how did that never come up I've never, I don't think I I've don't, ever heard that I don't story. know. Because I knew Melissa. Um, it's so funny that all of you, like, were, what, in a sorority together, right? Right. Yeah. Because um, I knew, I, Melissa was my first serving job at On the Border. I met her. Oh. And so when I found out that you guys knew her, one day you guys were with Melissa. I was like, what? World's <laughs> colliding. Yes. Um, oh, that's so funny. This world's too small. I know. It really is. <laughs> that was a fun kind of tight-knit group of people. And you already knew some people from college there. And yeah, we all went out and had fun together and drank yeah. and what you do. Did and all sorts of shenanigans. 20s, yeah. Um, and then, I, I mean, I moved to LA for a couple of years. I came back and worked there occasionally. And like, so I would see Cindy, our mutual friend, um, your yeah. sorority sister. Uh but that's about it. Like, we didn't, like, hang out a bunch after that. Yeah. It's, um, it's weird how, like, uh, you hang out all the time. And yeah. then you go, like, 
Sometimes you quit the cult. Yeah. yeah, I mean, jobs, especially in your 20s, like, yeah. and waiting tables, like, that's your, those are the people you hang out with. Yeah. It was always weird when someone would bring someone around that didn't work at the restaurant. You'd be like, who are these fucking people? <laughs> right? Wait, you have friends? Yeah, this is crazy. I thought we were your only friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very true. It's very weird. Um, but that was about it. And I want to, so I want to go back in time. Sure. Did you grow up here? Yes. Born and raised here? You were hesitant. No. I, I know. It's like, it's a weird, kind of a weird story. It's a little path. Um, actually born in Vegas. Oh. I uh, lived there for the first two and a half years of my life. Big gambler as a toddler? Yeah. yeah. Uh, every day, you know. Yeah. Who was it? So your parents were out there? Yeah. So my mom grew up in Waterford. And my dad grew up in Iowa. How did they end up in Vegas? And so my mom, she went out there. She had an associate's in like um, x-ray, being an x-ray tech. And uh, there were, I guess, a lot of jobs out in Vegas. So her and her girlfriend like jumped in the car and drove out there. And then my dad, he had older brothers that were living out in the Vegas area and there were so Thailand pools. Sure. And so lots he, of Thailand pool jobs out there too. Oh, so many, <laughs> I'm sure. And I think he was having some kind of like bad allergies. And so the doctor recommended him go out somewhere west. I've heard so, this. Yeah. So he went out there and then uh, they were all in some like co-ed softball league and they met and that's how they met. So random. <laughs> I like the idea that like, oh, hey, where are we going to find some x-ray tech jobs? Oh, you know, <laughs> Vegas is known for that. That's <laughs> right. a big x-ray tech area. Um, so two years old, you leave Vegas. We leave Vegas. Your um, mom wins the argument and come back to Michigan? <laughs> well, my dad had just graduated and he got a job. Oh, I forgot what it was called, but it, they were in Pontiac. Okay. And so they moved back. We moved back for the job. Nice. And that's was he looking in this area? Because that's a weird coincidence that he would find something. Um, where I your think mom's they from. wanted to. I think they wanted to move okay. back here. Just the family. Wouldn't that just be a weird coincidence? It would be really <laughs> weird. A lot, of, a lot of specific industries around here, so you right. never know. <laughs> um. Yeah, that'd be kind of weird. Um. <laughs> yeah. So we moved back for that. And it was like, we lived with my grandparents for like a year, maybe, in Waterford. And then my aunt and uncle, my great aunt and uncle, my mom's aunt and uncle, used to have a uh, little business where they like made like shelving that like they put into Myers and other places. And then they also made... Industrial shelving. Yeah. And then they also made like, uh, it was called tree play. It was like um, good sturdy, like swings and play sets or whatever yeah. for the kids. So they they were doing so great at that time, like in the 80s. That's, um, that is prime play sets in the backyard. Yes. <laughs> so we moved to Niles, which is, I don't know. If oh, you know yeah. yeah. Niles is like, yeah, I, I have a friend I was just interviewed that is living in Niles right now. Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but yeah, it's a tiny little town. It's a, a little cool border town. town. Yeah, 
Uh, I mean, you're real close to South Bend and Chicago. Yeah, say 90 Lake minutes Michigan. to yeah. Chicago. Yeah, so it's it's cool. It it's really nice in the summer over there. How old are you when you guys go out there? So I was uh, probably four. I say three, okay. four. So you're some... still super young during all this. This yeah. is a lot of moving before you're I know. even in kindergarten. <laughs> right. you, you have siblings or no? Yes. I have a younger brother and a younger sister. How much younger? My brother and I are about two and a half years. Okay. And my sister's seven years. Okay. So your parents are just moving around with infants. Oh, yeah. Just have, <laughs> town to like, town. <laughs> making moving more stressful. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, yeah, we lived there. And he did that job until after my freshman year of high school. Oh, so you were out there that long? Yeah. Okay. And then we moved to Lake Orion. And so, yeah. So then I ended up, yeah, I, grad, I did the rest of co our high school in Lake Orion. Okay. What, uh, I was about to ask what memories you have of Niles, but we'll get there because you were there for a long time. Right. What, uh, do you have memories prior to that of like coming back? Like I imagine Vegas, nothing, right? No, no memories in Vegas. Um, or like staying at grandma and grandpa's and, um, I didn't have grandparents in Vegas. Well, I'm saying when you move back. Oh yeah. I do have memories of that. And I also have this one memory and I just told my grandma it was, so when we came back from Vegas, we flew. And I just remember being on the plane with my gra my grandma flew out or came out to help us move. And she said, or, I remember, I have this memory, you know, I'm two and a half years old, which is wild. But being in the plane, her having me like look at the clouds and like talk about how fluffy they are and stuff. And I just told her that. And she was like, you remember that? That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I do have some memories in their house with like, there was a girl that lived like behind them. So we would walk back and forth to play with each other. And then I had um, two of my uncles were living in their house. They had um, cystic fibrosis. And so they were kind of on the end part of that. Yeah. Like, you know, So I do have memories of like being with them and one of their funerals that's <laughs> not a great memory but yeah what, what's uh what's your role in the house like as you start to get into school because you have the younger brother but then like first second grade the younger sister comes along yes i think i just i always was just like like a second mom i guess like i yeah. was always like oh i'm gonna help i'll help get her dress i'll help this i'll help that was it something you like wanted to do yeah. Okay. Like I liked, because I think I like being in charge. So I would like tell them what <laughs> to do. That's the older child thing. Sure, right. sure. Okay. How does that have an impact on your relationship with your siblings when you guys are younger? You get along well or? Yeah, we did get along well. Okay. I wasn't too bossy, but I liked helping, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And mom and dad both work when you are younger? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And my mom was able to do some they were able to work it out so that one of us was one of them was always there when we were going to school and then one of them my mom usually was home um when we got back from school okay and then when we got older um sh she didn't like when i was like in sixth grade or yeah. more 
And that was kind of fun. Like to watch after the kids. <laughs> well, we kind of just usually Rachel, my, that's my sister, would like be out in the neighborhood doing stuff. My brother and I, we would like put on MTV because we weren't allowed to watch it yet. And <laughs> we were like watching the MTV. Nice. Like, oh, there's a garage. Just turn it off and yes. pretend we're doing homework. We never saw Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing was going on, Mom. Yeah. Nope. That's not what we were doing. That's funny. <laughs> um, what is what is the rest of school like uh, pre moving to Lake Orion? Like up until you said freshman year of high school. Freshman year of high school. That's a tough time to move. It was very tough. Yeah, <laughs> especially because I went from a small town. Yeah. And to Lake Orion and like. <laughs> did you when you were Niles? Did you like know everybody in your class? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, knew everyone in my class, the class above, the class below. I mean, because I was into sports, so okay. through basketball, I swam for a long time, too. Um, where did that start? Was that, do you know where that interest came from? The swimming? Uh, either one. I mean, sports in general. Um, my parents were both athletes, yeah, and so they softball. just, yeah, <laughs> always had, um, like, just always encouraged sports around us. They weren't like, you have to play a sport like yeah. some parents are. Uh, it was just like they um, introduced us to stuff, and then we just picked up on it. And, you know, the story is that, or what they say is, I learned to how to swim before I could walk. Like, basically, because I was in Vegas. So they were, and they liked being at the pool. So it was basically, yeah, oh, she tiled can... the damn pool. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, basically, she can hold her head up. She can go in the floaty, put her in there. And so I started swim team. I just love swimming. You couldn't get me out of the water. Like, I have a story of, like, when we moved back, my grandparents had a cabin up north, and they had their own little lake. And it was October, and we go there, and I'm like, I'm going swimming. And they're like... You should not. It's very cold. It's very cold. And I was like determined. So finally they were like, all right, put your suit on. And they were all like, she'll be out in like two seconds. I stayed out there for like an hour, I think. And that's how you got hypothermia. And that's... <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's how I lost my toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Michigan st- Lake in October. Up north nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I was determined. I don't, I don't know what was what my thought process. I think that's was. like comes with being a kid, right? There's something that it's almost like the fun outweighs the temperature. So, like when I go into water now, it could be freaking summer. I'm like, this water's cold. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in here. Um, and when, as a kid, I was like, yeah, like you just come become adjusted to it. And you're just like, no, I'm going to stay in here forever. Yes. I love this. <laughs> I'm chattering. My lips are blue. My fingers, I can't feel them, but I'm staying. But look, I'm going to do a flip. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to do a handstand. Yeah. I'm a synchronized swimmer. <laughs> so sports took you through school and then. How do your parents tell you guys that you're moving across the state? They sit us down and they say, you know, dad had to take another job. So they sit us down and they say, yeah, we're going to move over to the other side of the state. And they try to, you know, you know, your Uncle Matt's over there <laughs> and your cousins and your I have Vicky and Uncle Phil. And your friends are back here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> like, I'm in high school. I I will stay with friends. And I got all sorts of my friends that, like, call my parents and say, yeah, my parents said that Lindsay can stay here. 
Yeah. She can live with us for the next three years. Did you? Were you already a freshman? I was. It was yeah. It was probably about like a couple months before freshman year okay. ended. Oh, they so, yeah. told they told us so then i finished out the year and i was like Did so you were really yeah almost 16 yeah like 15 at that point 15 yeah yeah, yeah. all I mean, my you, like that was a, a long time like that could have gone either way i feel like 15 is an age where you could maybe if like trusted parent friend you could maybe like segue into finishing out school there yeah but, but they didn't want that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at the end of the day, I suppose it's not your call. <laughs> right. They were like, no, you're our child. You're coming with us. Yeah. And Welcome to Lake Orion. Yes. So we came to Lake Orion. And I mean, the school, I mean, it, you know, we talked about I knew everyone, but also it's just so much smaller. Yeah. Um, my graduating class was probably going to be like 125. And I graduated with like 450 or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just the school, like this Niles there. school, high school, they don't have a pool. Um, they have like one gym that all the teams have to share. I mean, did it, you immediately kind of find your community in sports, though? Like, yeah. did you get right into it when you got here? Yeah. 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 I got lucky because my parents came before us to like tour the area. Um, so what he ended up going into was he put a trophy shop over here so oh, nice. the village trophy shop if you nice. ever got trophies in high school i probably made them okay <laughs> wasn't even him it was you no yeah he, he did the plaques i did well i started making trophies and then i got bumped up and i was the engraver it's oh, <laughs> a big bump it was a big bump <laughs> yes um so it sounds like you had a pretty like well-rounded tight-knit family especially if you're working at dad's trophy shop and yeah i mean we didn't really have a choice but yeah. yes we did <laughs> no we are we were, were always pretty tight and we still are and yeah. it's a it's good no big tragedies of, of being a kid <laughs> no just the move you know yeah, yeah the, i mean the move will do it don't get me wrong um so you come here graduate yeah graduate college immediately on the radar is that like the expectation yeah it was like i didn't ever realize people did other things yeah. <laughs> like they... i love when i talk to people that have that because it's uh it was like oh i hope i can go to college but mm, <laughs> i was not a good student um and it's it's funny when there's yeah people just grow up thinking there's nothing else that can happen like it's just yeah. what you do um, I think that's the way, like, my our parents just kind of, I don't like to say groomed, but kind of groomed yeah. us into... Well, our generation, too. Like, yeah. Got to go to college. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah. Went uh, went to OU. Yeah. And it's my alma mater now, too. Yeah. Go Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to tell you, I was so disappointed when I went. Cause, you know, I'm a, I was a freshman and... Um, all the I don't know why I said I'm a freshman. Everyone's a freshman in the first year of college. I started as a senior. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, um, I go and then my family we're big college football people. So when I do the tour, I don't even start question if they have a football team yeah. because <laughs> it's everyone has a football team. Yeah. And we get there and it's like okay, so where's the football schedule? Yeah. And they're like. Why? No, we don't do football. I was like, oh, 
Very disappointing. Yeah. It's a real, I'll tell you what, me and Erica were just talking about this. She graduated OU too. And like, I went there for, um, I don't even know what it is. Pride week. Is that a thing in college? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Was, you know, there were all the different schools were out there, like the school of education, all the different oh, yeah, schools. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I was like, it's weird. Like they don't have a good footprint in the area. You know, like there's, right. it's not like a college area, even though downtown Rochester's right down the street, there's all the little strip malls and restaurants and, but it's not like a college area. Because and, so many people commute. Like, well, that, and then Erica's like, they don't have a football team. Like, right. when you take that out, there's, there's basketball, but that's like a much more minority, like fan following and then, yeah. and then trickle down from there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's very strange. I agree. <laughs> so you, you go there and you're very disappointed. That's I'm something. so disappointed. What's your social life like leading up to college? Like with the sports and stuff, are you leaning? Like, is there a <laughs> sports football team party persona situation happening? Or what does that look like? You know, not until I got into like like senior year, but like my first couple of years, sophomore, junior year, I was just a good, like a goody goody type of thing. I didn't go to, occasionally I'd go to a party, but I didn't drink. I seem to always bend the driver. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's a pushover. Good but role models, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, then it all goes out the window. You go to college. <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So what, is, what does that look like? Because um, like you said, people commute and stuff. So did you still live at home? I actually lived on campus. Okay. I kind of wanted to... Just, do the dorm life? Yeah, do the dorm life. Just kind of not have to report back to mom and dad. Yeah. What does that feel like and look like, being having that level of freedom for the first time? I mean, lots of learning opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> what a politically correct way to answer that question. Um, you know, the first... Um, month or so i mean i used to be like super shy so like it would take a lot to like kind of meet people for me yeah. and that's kind of try did the like sorority things and it's just like kind of embedded yeah so once that started and i got close with cindy that we've talked about and melissa then we started you know we'd be going to um last pontiac going All to tiki clubs. bobs yeah. and what was that something jd's key club oh yeah. yeah that was thursday nights yeah <laughs> um what what year do you join the sorority my the first year okay. in um yeah like it was 2001 so i have never been involved in in greek life um and i'm curious especially at a school like ou it's where much it's not like what people imagine greek life <laughs> to be at ou yeah <laughs> Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah. What? I mean, what's true? What as far as stereotypes? What you hear? Like, and and what? What isn't at all? <laughs> Based on your experience, obviously. Yes. So the first thing that's way different at OU than <laughs> any other stereotype is well, when I went, there was no um, sorority houses. Oh. Because I get there was this. 
old law in Rochester that if more than like three women or four women live in a house in the city of Rochester, it's considered a brothel. That is amazing. <laughs> right. I have been to a brothel in Rochester then. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. I thought, so there's no, is that still intact or is there? So now they do have, there's four soror, there were four sororities when I went there and now they do have four houses. That's and did frats have houses? Um, One of them did. Okay. But now it's shut so, down. Oh. <laughs> well, um, so that, I mean, I guess that takes away a lot of potential for what so and and this is fresh in my mind but i just finished the second season of sex lives of college girls oh my gosh it's so good (laughs) it's really really good also i became obsessed thanks to erica uh with renee rap like her music do you know about that i don't okay the blonde from that show she's a singer oh she's got an ep i listen to it on repeat it's so good okay um but (laughs) anyway that that show is my most recent like uh, connection to any sort of like Greek life. And you think, but you think of like all the initiation type stuff. And um, I think hazing obviously is probably a little more prevalent with fraternities than sororities. Who knows though? Right. Um, But did you, so did you feel like you missed out as far as being in a sorority? Do you think you missed out on a lot of stuff because you guys didn't have this like physical building to, have as a headquarters yeah i i kind of do because i i feel like i had my close group of like friends i met in there and that was i mean that's good for me but it would be a much different experience like i have a friend that went to state and she was in a sorority up there and i like her experiences are way different because you know you live in the house and you're maybe sharing a room with someone and you guys are having to have these parties and all this stuff and it was just kind of fragmented at OU yeah and then yeah like even like the one fraternity that was there they got in trouble for like serving underage people so then their house was dry so like they they didn't want to have a party yeah (laughs) did you did you guys live together at all yes sophomore year I moved in with uh, Mackenzie, do you remember Mackenzie? Yeah, she was not in the sorority, but she was always- Mackenzie was always around. She was always around. Yeah, I just, well, she was at Longhorn too. Yes. Um, But yeah. I basically moved in like halfway through um, freshman year because her roommate was never there. Did you know any of them before? No. Okay. Didn't know any of them, but we all just clicked once we met. Yeah. And then the following year is, was the year that they, um, built and open like on campus um, apartments. So then we all we moved in there. And that you're just with them throughout college, right? Mm-hmm. And what do you get your degree in? Elementary education. Okay. How's college? <laughs> I think it was good for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, I met some friends I'm still friends with to this yeah. day. Gained a lot of independence. Yeah, independence. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, you know, I grew up in a small town and I feel like I, I didn't want to be in this huge campus. I feel like I just would have been lost and I don't know yeah. what would have happened then. And how are you maintaining a relationship with your parents and your siblings throughout college? 
Well, um, they lived in Lake Orion still. And so I, <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would take the girls and go home and we'd have dinner <laughs> with them, uh, usually on a Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. um, you may wash some clothes and yeah so Typical i was able home to, visits yeah. yeah and then you know they'd invite me back like oh so you know your sister has a basketball game or your brother has a basketball game or yeah. a football game or something just so just like do that so i'd come back and hang out for an evening or something so what's the plan after college college graduate yeah graduated <laughs> and so i was hoping to i was hoping to get a job Somewhere around, I did my student teaching. Were you looking to just be like, like what was the career goal? Because I feel like elementary education, you can. Yeah. At that time, I wanted to be like an elementary school teacher. Like, do you have like a grade preference? And why kids? <laughs> As someone that has zero desire to work with kids, why kids? I, I think it's just something that it's just innate with me like i always like i said in the beginning like with my siblings i always yeah. just wanted to help them teach them how to do things yeah um, do you think that played into you wanting to do that like in the back of your head you kind of like i kind of have experience with this already especially with a sister that's seven years younger i mean that's pretty big age difference yeah so you're already kind of teaching kids stuff right exactly i like i remember like playing school <laughs> So, and I, I had such great teachers out there at, in Niles, in the elementary school. And I think that really affected me where yeah. I was like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to help kids read and yeah. do things like that. When I think of kids, I think of just like screaming, <laughs> like children screaming. <laughs> Picking their nose, wiping it on the boogers. I don't care about over. that as much as just the volume level, I think. Um, Yes. So are you able to find something right out of college? No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we took a turn. Yeah. Well, so it happened. I, my program was like a five-year program, but I turned it into a six-and-a-half-year program. Sure. <laughs> what what speed bumps turned it into that? Um. Well, I kind of just, I kind of got confused confused myself like i was like mm, i want to be a teacher well i think i want to be a physical therapist no i want to be a teacher so was, change your major a few times yeah i was yeah. like jumping back and forth yeah. and then um what was it like my junior year my parents got divorced and junior year of college yeah so how did that happen <laughs> <laughs> is this another like uh sit you down and, and here's what's going on guys um well about the, close to about a year before uh before that my mom i had to sit down because she had brain cancer oh my god yeah so that was i didn't know that that's i don't remember if i was working at longhorn at that time but i don't know if I would have had the capacity to even hold space for that at that time. Um, right. Um, so that was like, oh, crazy. And oh, my God, am I going to lose my mom? I'm so young. She's so young. Yeah. And everything is fine. She's still alive. Um, and it's all good. But then after she had the, the cancer, like... Her and my dad just conflicted. Like, while she was going through 
her treatment and everything, he felt the responsibility that like, he just needs to work. He needs to make the money for the family. He yeah. needs to make sure the kids are taken care of because she, He's I mean. He's got to provide. And that's, yeah. That's how he was coping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he comes from a family that doesn't really just talk about things. Yeah. They, they just, they do when they feel, but they don't talk. Yeah. And my mom comes from a family where they like they talk about everything. Oh, you 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 got a splinter? Oh, you want to talk about how that makes you feel? Like, <laughs> and I'm kind of more of my dad. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, yeah. uh, so my mom will get mad at me. Like, your sister tells me everything. I was like, because she is a tree ace like you. I am not like you guys. I don't need to talk to you every day about everything. I did and ate and people I saw like yeah. it's not my style. Yeah, so they just started like kind of arguing and it just fell apart. How how do you process your parents getting divorced? Because you're in your twenties and it was it was just a shock. It was like I hard to accept because my whole life growing up, I had never seen them fight, and I'm sure they did over things but yeah. they never did in front of us yeah. um Good for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they you know always do it's always seemed to be like a team and you know yeah. they take walks and hold hands you know yeah. <laughs> the things you see they set a good example for you yeah and then it's like wait a minute what do you mean you're getting divorced yeah. this is so weird and out of left field yeah you know. and it just seemed like even like through them just not connecting she kind of just change a little bit even with like the brain cancer because it was like she got done and she was like i'm gonna go out to california and do this whole trip i've always wanted to do it but she didn't invite anyone but she just wanted to do it by herself and i was like that's weird why isn't my dad going with her yeah. type of thing so what do you think that was i mean and like spoiler we'll get there but like having <laughs> going through something like that yourself do you think that was specifically because you know brain cancer like that can hit stuff in your brain and like change your personality and like do a lot of that. Uh, or do you think it was just because like, Oh, I see like life is short. I want to go experience things. I think it could be a combination okay. of that. Cause yeah, you never know with brain cancer. Cause it's the, what she had, she had brain surgery and they removed it. Okay. And it was like, I think it was like the front front, right. Of, oh, yeah. Frontal lobe's a big area. Yes. So, I mean, it could have. But then also, like you said, going, myself going through similar stuff, um, you get done and you're like, okay, well, it's time to live. So can we can we fast forward to that? Sure. So I'm, because I'm, well, or also for the sake of time, but I'm also curious, like, I have a question directly related to that. Uh, but before we dive in there. Your parents divorce, you graduate, it's the recession, getting a job probably sucks. <laughs> yes. Um, so I go to a job fair, everyone's hiring in Phoenix area. So, so you go to Arizona. Yeah. And do you find, how long are you in Arizona for? Nine years. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, so you get a job in Arizona. Yes. And when, how, how long after you move there do you first get diagnosed a long time. So yeah. I moved there in 2007. Oh, the, okay, yeah. And I... I didn't realize it was that early. 
Yeah. yeah. So right out of high school or right out of, right out of college. <laughs> right out of college. Yeah. So I actually graduated in December of 2006. And then I moved out there in like July of 2007. Why Arizona? They had so many jobs out there. <laughs> and I... Was there a boy involved in any of this? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> Got to no, do my I due actually, diligence. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to move somewhere warm, yeah. warmer. Like somewhere out of Michigan. I don't know. I just wanted to do something different. And I had I a friend from um, OU that was also a teacher. And she moved out there the year before. So I thought, oh, cool. Like, I'll know someone out there. And then I went to this job fair. And it was like two places from Michigan. And you basically had to be like amazing to get a job in Michigan. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I didn't know that much at that time. Yeah. <laughs> and then like 50 different people are stands or whatever trying to recruit for Arizona because, they, you know, Arizona schools aren't the greatest, like even the college stuff. That, I mean, but they here in Michigan, great education programs up here. So yeah. they come up and they recruit people and... Yeah, so moved out there, and I taught fourth grade for four years, and it was a shock. Uh, what about it? It was just so much different. Like, my student teaching was in Lake Orion, so we're talking, you know. A bunch of small white kids. <laughs> yeah, mostly. Yeah. And the, for the most part, well-behaved. Um, so I'm in a district that's like um, i think it's like southeast of phoenix area uh it's called levine and that was like low low income um the it's like a school within a neighborhood and the neighborhood was um section eight housing okay and um so it was just a different experience that I had in student teaching. And I felt like, well, this stinks. They should have had me in other kinds of school settings so I could be prepared for this. And then on top of that, they were like a year behind like Michigan. So like my fourth graders, I student taught third grade. So the fourth graders were learning what I taught in third grade. And kind of worked out for you then. Yeah. Yeah. It was beneficial (laughs) for me. (laughs) But yeah, I just like, I was just so out of my element because in like Orion, it was like parents were like, how can I help you? And they like come in and it's a party, you know, you have room moms or whatever they're called. And in Phoenix, it was like just crickets. No one wants to help you. (laughs) Um, And then I also had a lot of, and this happened like, I think my second year of teaching, I had a lot of young boys that their dads were either in jail or prison or just got out. And so this one kid in particular, um, he was just really having a hard time and we kept kind of just banging heads. And um, then one day he says to me, he goes, I don't get you, Miss Trorig. You know, you're nice to my, or no, what did he say? Kindergarten, no daddy. First grade, no daddy. Second grade, no daddy. Third grade, no daddy. Fourth grade, 
daddy comes back. And he so basically him and his siblings were with mom and mom, sweet lady, but she pretty much let them do whatever they want. Dad gets out of prison with his teardrops. It's back home, like straighten stuff up and so then he's acting out and but i was like ah oh, this makes Are so you much guys, more sense so i'm guessing this is before you're like trained um on like the aces like adverse childhood experiences like the do you know what i'm talking about with that yeah yeah do you guys have any of that when you're in college like are you guys taught about no, no that's why I, well that because i mean that's sadly it's pretty recent that they started actually like incorporating that into yeah, because I mean, you're you're mentioning this kid, and I'm like, okay, so far that's like a score of like three. <laughs> that's just stuff that you've mentioned, so I'm sure there's other stuff too. And yeah, and I mean, in, like I said, in that that year, that classroom, there was like four of them, and I was like, yeah. that's a lot for someone who never had any experience, no training, no like. And I remember being really pissed at like the college. I'm like. Well, you set us up for like an ideal dream classroom. Yeah. You didn't set us up for the real world. Upper middle class white classroom. Yeah. Yeah. What's what does that do for your worldview? Um. Yeah, I mean, it definitely like woke me up. You know, I I've always been around people of different cultures and backgrounds yeah. and stuff, so it wasn't like new to me. Like, oh my gosh, this is like so like. I feel scared for myself or anything yeah. derogatory like that. Well, and I, I guess I mean that in a way like um, I, I always talk about this because when I left, I was I was only gone for like two years, but I, I engulfed myself in like the different cultures and and I was poor as shit. Like, yeah, there's a poverty line. I was swimming way below it. Um, <laughs> and but it, it helped give me a more like a well-rounded, more empathetic view to global issues that are happening like in our country or even around here that, you know, there's people that have never left Lake Orion or never left Clarkston and like, which are like notoriously white Oakland County, middle, upper class (laughs) neighborhoods. And and so there's a level of kind of closed-mindedness that you almost can't blame people for because there's not, like where would you get that experience from? Um, and so I guess in that way, like how did that shift, like how you might view more global issues? Yeah. So well, like going back to people who would like never leave, I mean, it blows my mind that people <laughs> are just like, no, I'm good right here in my little bubble. I don't want It's comfortable. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Super cozy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just makes you think that, you know, another thing is that like stepping out into a new world, you know, you just, or maybe not everyone, but I definitely think like, oh, this were my experiences growing up. So that must yeah. be your experiences growing up. And then you quickly learn like, no, because of this, that, and the third. And yeah, well, it's like everybody says their childhood's normal because normal's relative to what they know. Right, and exactly. <laughs> we come to find out that like, oh, normal doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's, uh, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I just felt like out there, I was, yeah, definitely not in a white bubble like i was in oakland county and you're seeing how people are discriminated against and pulled over just because 
they roll through a stop sign and they're black and they're gonna, you know, wreak havoc and, you know, just. Yeah. That's all the stuff that people were seeing. Allows you to recognize your own privilege. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you said you did that fourth grade for five years? Four years. Four years. So what happens after that? Because you're out there for a while. <laughs> yeah. So it was my, yeah. So the second year, I think it was the year with those kids, <laughs> those kids, the rough year. The second year was a rough year. Um, I think at some point during that year, uh, a kiddo came to the school and he had, um, he was diagnosed with autism. And the principal and the social worker at the school and the psychologist all decided, I think Lindsay will be able to take this on. We think that Lindsay has the best. You were nominated? I was nominated. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I must. But the thing is, the school I went to, almost, there was like maybe 40 teachers and 30 of us were all hired like that same year so we we're all new teachers yeah. so out of the new teacher the four teachers that are all brand new in fourth grade <laughs> that year um they thought i had the best demeanor i guess to take that's on they saw like compassion yeah. yeah i think that's what it was so i take this that. kid on i mean i i meet the parents i you know I'm meet with a bunch of people about it and i that's another thing i was pissed off at oakland <laughs> <laughs> they don't teach you about this stuff unless you're going into special education. Why yeah. didn't go into special education? And yeah, the assumption I, I imagine is that every school has the same resources. You're gonna have like, yeah, it's, and that's <laughs> obviously not true. yeah, it's a systemic issue. Um, yeah. So I go the um, at the time it was Borders. You know, um, that was still alive. That bookstore. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like like the border of Mexico or the border. I get it. Okay. And I get some books on individuals with autism, and I figure out how to teach this kid, um, and incorporate them in my classroom, and it worked all right. Um, you know, some of the kids felt, you know, they kind of would egg him on, and then he would end up flipping the desk, and it was kind of wild. But so shortly after that kind of happens, I get like this email, and since my school was in Section 8 housing, we were like, uh, we got this discount, I guess, basically, on a master's degree through um, ASU. Okay. And it had to be a couple different, couple different programs. But one of them was like in autism and um, behavior an an analysts. Analyst? Um, Behavioral analysis. Yes, there That's, you go. <laughs> analysis. I did notes all day. Um, <laughs> I have my development class this semester. Okay. And I hate it. Um, <laughs> hey guys, I just want to jump in here, and I know this is usually where I place an ad, and this, I mean, this is technically an ad, but uh, Wellbeing Brewing, non-alcoholic brewery that I partnered with, recently asked, you know, why, why are you a brand ambassador you know why do you partner with well-being and for me it was because I really enjoyed craft beer right like I loved being a, like I made a lot of really stupid decisions when I was drunk 
But the flavor profile, I, I sought that out, man. I visited breweries. I interviewed brewers. I was really into the actual beer. And I missed that when I quit drinking. But I still am able to have that on so many levels because of companies like Wellbeing Brewing. So I can have like my IPA. I can talk to the owner, Jeff, about different brewing styles. I like, it's great and I love it so much. And that is why I partner with them. So if you are a big fan of beer, like I am, this is a great place to start for non-alcoholic choices. You can head over to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request, save 10% on your order. And if you're listening to this and you're like, stop doing these beer ads, I don't drink beer, grab some sparkling water, grab some CBD infused water, they have a lot of options over there. And, you know, they got some some cool gear, too. So check out that. But whatever you do, use code friend request to save yourself some money. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Wellbeing, for this awesome partnership. Back to the show. So I said, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll Free sign up for this. Program. I'll get some. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get some information um, to bring back to the room or whatever. And then one day couple like a semester in this counselor or whatever calls me okay we want to know you know which track you want to go on so well, what are these different tracks and he said well one is you can do just like the autism courses and then um you can get your degree but you stay in the classroom and work in the school and the second track is you'll take some extra like supervisory roles and stuff like that. And you will um, go and teach in like a clinic setting or not teach, but you go and work yeah. in a clinic setting. I said, I think I want to go in the clinic setting. <laughs> I'm getting a little burnout yeah. already. Yeah, on we education. have that in my program in the clinical track or the school track or the dual track. Oh, no, thanks. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I did the clinical check and then so like i think i or maybe it was like my third year that that was going on so then but then after my fourth year i resigned and i get a job being a behavior technician so just doing one-on-one work with different um individual kids mostly kids that has to be a rewarding job it was a lot of fun and like the place that first place I worked at is called Sark. If everyone out there lives in Arizona knows of them, great place, um, nonprofit, and they do like naturalistic teaching. So okay. um, that's our first go. And you know, if we need to do the uh, direct teaching, the DTT, we would do it. But like, I've you know, like I've always been a babysitter and good with kids and it's basically you kind of like you don't really play saying that you play with kids as your job isn't yeah. like the <laughs> best way to say it you were saying <laughs> yeah but um it was just it was so much fun i mean i did definitely there were some you know there's always challenges but it's, it, it is rewarding yeah and then I would like, I moved up from like bt1 to bt2 where i would um I started doing uh, family training at that point. Okay. So I would work with the kids, but then I'd also like work with the families and you know teach them um, some different things. Yeah, that's I. That's got to be 
I, I, I was going to say hard, but maybe, I don't know. Well, I mean, what is, what is that aspect of it? Cause the, I, I can only imagine as a parent with a child that's autistic that you're like, what do I do? Yes. <laughs> and to have someone in your role, be like, well, let's break down some stuff. <laughs> yeah. At first I found it to be a little awkward because they were usually older than me. So it's like yeah. gaining their trust in me yeah. being just this little like 25 year old person yeah. <laughs> telling them what to do. Um, but it's also very rewarding because you get to see like when you build that rapport with the parent and you're saying like, oh, let's try this. Um, like, oh my gosh, that worked. Thank you so yeah. much. And you're just seeing like helping them be a better like parent. some of that weight being lifted off of them because yeah. they're like, oh, now I can go to the grocery store with him and he's actually like staying next to me and he's okay with not getting a candy bar this time, but maybe next time. Yeah. Um so that's good. Like, yeah. And I've, I've learned from that. Like I think first couple times it was kind of like whatever you want to do <laughs> then as i've gained more confidence and knowledge uh, i like now i still do family training and i had just have so much more in my like we call it the toolbox to tell parents like they say oh, oh my gosh this is happening i don't know what to do i'm like okay here are some steps you know we're yeah. gonna do this first this first this for second or whatever and you're there so this is i'm trying to follow your nine-year arizona oh yeah <laughs> So, so I started there in 2012, I believe. Yeah, that would make sense. Okay. And then, so I taught there and then I went up to like program manager and then I got my... Is it crazy that that's over 10 years ago now? Right? <laughs> that's insane to me. Um, I know. And then, yeah, I got my master's and then I had to um, pass a board exam to get my BCBA, so board certified behavior and an analyst and so i got that and then i didn't have room for another supervisor so i went to a different company in like 2014 2015 and yeah i worked with them as a supervisor they're called card they're like a bigger company a lot of acronym companies yeah yeah <laughs> i have a couple more coming up for you okay good, good. Uh, <laughs> um they were a little bit different but they were they're a lot different because i'm going from non-profit to a for-profit so yeah. a lot more demand uh but it was good like i got my feet on the ground like i got a lot of experience with uh like supervising and different types of kids um yeah. Are you there the whole time you're in Arizona then? Like the rest of the time you're there? The rest of the time I'm there. I'm with them. Okay. Yep. And what takes you out of Arizona then? Well, so in 2016, I get this fun diagnosis of breast cancer. Walk me through that. So. Um, it's, God, it seems like that was so much longer ago. I mean, I don't I know for you. I don't know for me, like no, it does for me finding feel... out about it, like third hand, like it, <laughs> it seems like that was so long ago. Um, it does feel like a whole different lifetime ago. Uh, but yeah, so 2016, I remember 
I mean, I did feel a lump, uh, but I was like, I'm 33. I'm healthy. I eat well. Was there a voice in the back of your head? It's like, oh, my mom had brain cancer. Like, was cancer even on the radar? No, it wasn't at first. (laughs) And then as things went on, I was was like, there's no history of breast cancer in my family. Um, um, So, yeah, go in and find out. Yeah, yes, it is cancer. And the kind I had was very fast growing. So I'm already at um, like a lymph node in my chest area had a cancer. It had gone in there. So I'm stage four. Uh, right out the bat. Right off the bat. Jeez. Yeah. So, so I just. What's it, going through your head at that? Like. I didn't, well, they didn't tell me that when they diagnosed, when these people diagnosed me, I don't find that out until a couple of days later, but just finding out I had cancer at 33 years old, I yeah. mean, I was crushed. I mean, I was just, I didn't, and all you think of, I all I thought of was all these people I know who died from cancer. Yeah. And. At that point, is your mom coming into your thoughts? Um just what she had to go through i i don't remember <laughs> yeah but yeah so i call the family and let them you know let them know and i was like well i gotta get out there you know and her so growing up we had this family um the lynches they had their, my mom and dad are like best friends with them and they had kids that were just about the same age as all of us so we became just like one unit, basically. Like we would all go on family vacations a couple times a year. Yeah. Well, Chris and Tracy, Mr. and Mrs. Lynch, <laughs> lived in um, Tucson. So, and they were retired. Well, she was retired. And so my mom calls her and Tracy calls me and says, I'm on my way up there. I'm going to all your appointments with you. So it's like having another mom yeah, yeah. A pseudo mom there yes yeah. so then <laughs> my mom nice. yeah my mom does come out when i have um my first chemo appointment but yeah so she was there to get me set up with the right, right doctor tracy was and yeah. pseudo mom when you find out a couple days later that it's like stage four and it's aggressive and like are you do you go to denial do you go to like are you broke? Like, what is, how do you take in that information? What's your, I mean, I, I, so I got, I got, this is in no way comparing anything to your experience. Cause, cause I, nothing, but I got told I had lymphoma and oh for my two gosh. days. I, I thought it like my doctor said, you have lymphoma. And then I went to like a blood doctor and I'm like, no, you don't. Um, but for two days I thought I did. And I was just like, no, I'm just going to drink. And like everything's fine. Like I, I just went into total denial that that was a thing that was happening, and I was like, I'm not gonna deal with this. I'm just gonna like get a little drunk. And <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I did when I first found out. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped at the store, got a fifth of vodka, a good a good brand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, As well, you should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and one of my good friends at the time came over and. Yeah, yeah. I got drunk, and then the next day I got up, and I said, "Well, I think this is actually real." Yeah. Um. 
started telling people through lots of tears because um, it was it was it was a shock. It was so I was scared. I didn't I didn't know. Was there was it the fear of and I I'm, obviously tell me shut up anytime. But <laughs> was there a. Was it like, I, I think I'm going to be okay, but I know I have to go through a bunch of shit before that happens? Or was it like a real, like, mortality fear? Before I'm really connected with my oncologist, um, I thought I was might die. Yeah. Um, because less than a year before, for that, my um, one of my good friends I had met out in Phoenix had gotten. Um, so he he grew up in Ukraine and moved over when he was like in like elementary school maybe. Okay. Um, but anyways, he got pancreatic cancer. Oh yeah, that at like thirty six and died within nine months. Oh yeah, that. And I hear, I hear that's. <laughs> Yeah. Not great. Right. And so, I mean, I'm kind of, I was like, now I know I was kind of comparing two different things, yeah. like pancreatic cancer and breast cancer, yeah. two different things. And, you know, I found out that, you know, breast cancer, there's so much research on it and there's so many stuff. And I was, a, um, so there's MD Anderson. It's a, like the best place you can go. And but they're in Houston, but they had a, a, I don't know, a branch or <laughs> a uh, center or something. Yeah, in um, an arm, an appendage. Yeah, in Gilbert, <laughs> Arizona. Okay. And so I was able to get in there, and my doctor was just she was amazing, and she's like, um, yeah, we're gonna go do this, this, and this, and. Um, she was just possible. She was realistic, but positive. She's like, yeah, I mean. I feel like that's what you want in a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me how it is, but don't be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And eventually I was like, but I was always like, after meeting her, I was always just like positive. Like, okay, it's going to be all right. I'm going to look at things on the bright side. Um, after any appointment, we had to go to Tracy and I would go find, like, go to a different restaurant. We'd have a glass of wine and something to eat. And, um, I mean, I think that really helped a lot with it. Keep the, like, nice moments and distractions and, yeah. Yeah. And just, like, thinking that, you know, I am going to beat this. Like, not like, I might beat this, I won't. But, like, once I was good. Like I got the port in and I mean, sorry, like I got my chemo lined up and the plan was in action. I just, yeah, started like, okay, I have lots of support yeah. and I can do this. How long is that treatment, that initial treatment of chemo and, and the whole, I mean the whole. Yeah. Uh, um, three months. So you would go, I would go every three weeks Okay. and I'd be there for four hours or something, just getting different treatments put in. And my I my body tolerated it very well. Like I never once like got sick. Um 
I, I mean, I would be very tired and what they would do to help prevent the nausea is I would get, I'd have to take a bunch of steroids basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I'd like, wean can off. Can I just smoke weed? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I asked my oncologist about that and she's like, oh, you know, because it's a doctor. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. I will, no, we will give you medicine that's much better than that. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to hear. Right. And um, so then, but then I'd have to wean off them throughout. And so it was just, a, it was weird. I mean, the company I worked for was amazing. Uh, they had like so many people donated time off to me. So yeah. I never had to go without a paycheck. And I could just heal and get better and focus on my recovery. Uh, and and it, you, uh, well, the center's out in Arizona. Yeah. So you're so, out there for this whole thing, and you're. I have been living out there the whole time yeah, yeah. during that, and then every, for each like treatment, someone from my family. So first was my mom. I think then was my sister. Then uh, my godparents came out, and then uh, my brother and sister-in-law, and then my dad. And then I think my mom came back and then it was wrapped up. Well, that part of it was. <laughs> um, do you move back to Michigan after that whole ordeal is over? Well, after I do the chemo, then I get surgery. And then I do radiation. So that gets all wrapped up at the end of, um, it's like Memorial Day weekend of 2017. Okay. Um. And prior to being diagnosed, I was in my, that the company I was working for, they created this expansions team and they were going to try to open up sites in Michigan. Okay. So before I got diagnosed, I said, hey, <laughs> I live in, I'm from Michigan. I'd be willing to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so after I get through everything, the conversation continues and I get, um, so I'm able to stay with the company and then I move back. So I moved back in July, June, June. Can I, and this is, this is what I was originally asking about your mom and I wanted to, I was like, remember this question. You okay. see, I didn't write anything down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you remember uh, So it, we talked about your mom, like oh, she wanted to go to California and everything like after her brain cancer ordeal. Yeah. And I wanted to, I'm always curious about this because it's different with each person, but like, I imagine when you get any sort of diagnosis where you're like, death is a possibility, right? That you can come out of that and all of a sudden like eat, pray, love your fucking life, right? Yeah, <laughs> or, right. Or like you get that high at first and then you just kind of dwindle back into whatever you were doing before um, or a combination of that. And I'm just wondering what that experience was like for you. Um, I mean, I know people that have had cancer and then they're like back to like double cheeseburgers at McDonald's for lunch every day. Right. And so what did that look like for you and, and your experience as far as your outlook? And, and Absolutely. You know. So prior, just prior to the diagnosis, I decided to cut out meat. And so I kind of went, um, I was like pescatarian. I was still having seafood, yeah. but so, but mostly veggie. And then um, once 
I got diagnosed. I was going through the process. I went full vegetarian. So I was still having eggs and cheese and stuff like that. But, you know, living in Phoenix, I'm like, where's this fish coming from? (laughs) (laughs) That's a fair question. (laughs) It's not the freshest catch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I trust this. So I just went full veggie um, or vegetarian. Um, And... Yeah. So then once everything's done, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, did it. Uh, Like, so happy thinking I'm just, I'm done. Like with all of this. I mean, I knew I I still had the, the type of cancer I had was triple, it was triple positive. So, um, I had to have like a shot in my butt every three weeks so that, um, cause it's, Triple positive means there were like receptors for her too. I don't really know what that is, but Neither it's a I. thing. <laughs> um, her no um, progesterone and estrogen. So uh-huh. those could all have come back. Like they would those little the cells. So you had the formula for like cancer could come back. Yeah. Um, so that's why I had to get a shot in my butt so that the estrogen um wouldn't come back and then i still have to get um another treatment an infusion which is what i did today um every three weeks since then i'm still doing it for the her too and then you know medicines and all that fun stuff Um, i mean you were never like to the best of my knowledge you were never like a uh you know you're not blowing cocaine and like doing like crazy yeah there wasn't this crazy lifestyle to turn around after after a life-changing event right exactly i guess that's what i was trying to get at you said so much more like (laughs) together (laughs) Um, but so yeah so you do feel like you just kind of were like all right this is over and back to normal like yeah like kind of let's get back to doing it and like weren't planning any african safaris or anything (laughs) no i wasn't i was like I want to just go back to living life. Yeah. Like, get back into work. And, like, with the work, I was able to, like, get into this area cause, um, where I was just traveling. I was getting to go different parts of the country to open up sites. So I got to go, like, Portland, Maine. And, oh, that's fun. Um, just outside of Seattle, Washington. And just all over the country. So it was, like, so... Travel's good when work's paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can really... You don't have to worry so much about exploring because they're paying for your living expenses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's so it was so much fun, and then I, um, yeah, sometime somewhere in that time frame, my cousin. I was like going to my cousin's yoga classes, and then there was a retreat in Costa Rica. I was like, hell yeah, sign me up for that. And I went down there and just. Had a blast. It was to this day probably the best vacation I've ever been on. That's cool. Um, I came back. Was that how long was that retreat? One one week. Okay. I I uh, I only ask because I I'm looking at retreats right now for my 40th birthday. I was thinking like, what if I just go do like a writer's retreat? And I was on this website that was showing all these different ones, and there was this Costa Rican like yoga one. It was like a month. I was like, who oh. is a, who's taking a month <laughs> off of work? <laughs> And I, I assume you have a job if you're going to Costa Rica for a month, like if you right. can afford that. 
But I, so I was just just checking. Yeah, yeah. If you can go to one for a week, I recommend Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> if you can do anything for a week in Costa Rica, I would also recommend that. And I've never been there. <laughs> yeah, just go. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, um, um, you know, so I'm just living life and enjoying it, and then all of a sudden I'm starting to get like like seeing these flashers here and there and when i'm driving things are like kind of closing in i'm like really tired i have bad headaches and going to my um doctor and they're like oh you're having a bad headache well that's um that's concerning because you know with your type of cancer it could spread to the brain cool thanks wow (laughs) Thanks for telling me now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> would have been nice to know <laughs> this whole time. Yeah. So that's like less. So that happens in like August of 2018. So just over a year, I've been. I thinking I'm cancer free, but r- really the cancer just kind of been finding other places. Yes. Yeah. Because. I don't know if everyone wants to know this, but the reason it happened is because it has never come back in any part of the rest of my body. But there's this, I think it's called the blood-brain barrier or something that protects your brain from stuff getting in, which means it doesn't let chemo get through to there. And so... I I would have never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've, I've... very very minorly studied like pharmacology of like substance use stuff and uh so i'm very i'm familiar with the blood brain barrier and like i wouldn't i never thought about the actual good shit that you want to get yeah yeah but it it does let cancer cells form up there yeah (laughs) sure but you can't get the chemo to go up there that's super interesting yeah so yeah go and see that oncologist and oh no i go in and they're like, yeah, you need to go to the emergency room. So luckily I had someone with me because I was like, I, I couldn't, I was at a point where I couldn't even drive. I mean, my head hurt so bad. So my, one of my aunts drove, drove me. It's going to be so scary. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I just thought I had a really bad migraine, which I've never had before, but I was like, you know, yeah. and then um so i'm in the yeah going to er and of course it's, it takes forever like i had to like lay on some cot in like a hallway you think you'd be like brain yeah can you move me up the list <laughs> yeah i was like my doctor alerted you i'm coming like i don't get um uh, yeah. like <laughs> whatever so finally i get this the mri and they say oh yeah you have over 30 mets in your brain what does that mean so a met is so when cancer spreads, it's called a, uh, let's see, I have metastatic, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have metastatic breast cancer. So it's metastasized to my brain. So they call them METs for short, but the, what they basically are, are tumors. So I had 30, 30 plus two small tumors what? in my brain. What? Holy fuck. And so, and that's why I was having trouble seeing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was why I was having all this, all this pressure on there. So, it's just a cluster. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. I was like, okay. And so I ended up spending like, 
I think two, two or three days in the hospital. And so, you know, I call my dad right away. He comes, I call my mom, she drives over. So they're both there with me. Um, you know, I had to go through all these other tests and do CAT scans and I had to do, um, what's that called? It's like where they spinal tap. Yes. I was oh, like the no. thing you touched your you back hear. and I was like, Oh no, don't be spinal tap. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I did a spinal tap. I was like, Oh my God, no. <laughs> uh, so I get to go through all this stuff. Um, um, and so at this point, I hadn't even gone vegan. I cut out cheese. I cut out all this stuff. And so they come in. They're like, you want to order something? I'm like, yeah. I say, fuck it. I'm going to get a grilled cheese and a macaroni and cheese. I don't fuck even yeah. care anymore. Um, so I'm eating food. And so then and then they start putting me on steroids to help, like, calm down everything. And then meet the onco oncologist. And... um. She comes into the hospital and then sets an appointment for me to go in and do like, you know, like meet with her more yeah. on the treatment. And do you feel as positive with this experience? Like, is that, is it, is, is it realistic, but positive or is it? <laughs> um, the oncologist was amazing. Me personally, I just told everyone, like, I'm, I'm just going to be there. I'm going to go on. It took me a second to actually believe it. Yeah. Because well, I, me being... I would feel, like, targeted at that point. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I know. I yeah. know. Because I was like, what the hell? Jeez. So, you know, at that time, my brother's, like, still... And since they're still smoking cigs and doing all this stuff. And, like, what the fuck, man? I'm living a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm getting all the pain. The vegan non-smoker. <laughs> yeah. It's fucked up. It, I, yeah, it was. And so I'm just like, whatever, you know what? Screw this healthy lifestyle. <laughs> I'm um, I'm eating Doritos. and yeah. I, I'd be like, heart's okay, right? Give me a yeah. New York strip. and <laughs> Like drinking the wine and yeah. like just everything. Well, I didn't go back to f f meat for some reason, but all the junk food. It's all right. <laughs> jump on board yeah i mean and being on the steroids wasn't helping like <laughs> i think i had ice cream almost every day fuck yeah it's my dream world <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, um so we go in and we meet with don Cousins, but first the um resident comes in dr cousins and my parents, for other reason, ask him. I'm like, I don't know why we're asking him. He's a resident. They're like, well, what do you think the odds are? And, you know, with timeline and stuff like that. And he's like, well, you know, if you have some things you'd like to do, you should probably do them soon. Thanks, guy. And my parents are like, not crying, but wanting to cry. Yeah. Because. On the verge of losing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor comes in and she's like, all right, things are going to be great. We're going to do this and this. And look, we have um, a trial drug that you can look into. And at first we were like, well, I don't know about that. I don't really want to be a guinea pig. But then it was actually already on phase three and was getting ready to be approved by the FDA. So I said, sure. Okay, I'll do it. And um, now it's been approved. It's for this type of 
um, brain cancer, and I'm still taking them. And but then I also had to do, um, I think it was thirty treatments of whole brain radiation. So what? What are the side effects of of something like that? Like, I mean, other than the, cause hair loss is chemo, right? Yeah. But you ra- still kind of lose it with radiation. Yeah. I mean, what are the other effects of like radiation on your brain? I mean, I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to drive. Yeah. Um, you were very, during the treatment, you were just so tired. Like I would get up and I, well, my mom stayed with, was there for most of the time and she would go with me to take a walk like every day just to get moving. But yeah. it's like, you just want to sleep. Yeah. I just want to sleep and lay down and, and I'm still on steroids at that time. Yeah. And it's where in your brain was it? I mean, just everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Just, so they were all spread out. Yeah. God. Yeah. And, but slowly, all of us, I mean, my sight is getting better. And, you know, and it's slowly happening and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I'm still exhausted because of the, the chemo. And, and so you're the, doing chemo as well? Oh, I'm sorry. Radiation. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I wasn't sure if they like, like we have a different chemo that will get in there. Um, no, but I, but my mom, when she went through it, she did, she took a pill for chemo that mm-hmm. like got into her brain, but that was a different type of yeah. brain cancer. Um, but yeah, the radiation. And then because of the steroids, my face is like. Puffed, show, yeah, out. I don't know if I even still have a picture of it, but if I do, so I'll look at my your phone. Facebook profile picture. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the fun thing. Also, oh god. So then, yeah, we go through there. I do the best I can, but I'm starting to notice. I'm seeing differences. Like um, I'm able to see more, and um, I'm actually able to like see stuff on my phone. And yeah. it's so that's, it's working. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> And so we get done with the treatment and on like a Friday, maybe. I know it was like a Tuesday because it was right after Labor Day. And that following Friday or that Friday, my brother was going to get married and I was in the wedding. (laughs) So and I I put on a lot of weight because of all the steroids and, and the food. And somehow I still fit into the dress. I go, but my, oh gosh, my face was a balloon. Like people see these pictures, they're like, that's you? Like it doesn't even look like you. Yeah. And then I think like a month, about a month after the radiation, I went and got an MRI. And, um, it looked like um, really great. They could tell like, radiation worked and and then they went back like and got another one like maybe two months later um i think by the, the either that one or the following brain scan it was clear like that you can even tell i had cancer basically and when is this so it would have been so we finished in september 2000 19 19 
was it 19 or 18? 18, 18, I think. Then you got a nice year and a half before COVID. <laughs> yes. Because then, yeah. Um, so then, so now I continue to go every three weeks. You've been cancer-free since then? What'd you say? Cancer-free since then? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I Thank go God. every three months to get a brain scan, and they've been good. And... Yeah, so everything's... Were you ever feeling anything other than, like, the sight stuff? Um, like, uh, whether it be personality or motor skills or anything else affected by it? Um, Just a little... I think, like, memory once in a while. Okay. Like, and I don't know if that's just, like, getting older or if it's, like, um, and having a lot more on your mind at a time mm-hmm. or if it is a side effect of it. But um, no motor issues. Um or like, and I, even with um, breast cancer, a lot of people end up losing feelings in like their fingers and toes. And I don't Cause have... like chemo or? Yeah. Okay. And I didn't get those. I, I was, I've so been. So you can still pick up guitar if you want to. If I want to. Yes. <laughs> okay, just, I won't just play it sure. for, yeah. <laughs> for people just, you know, for yeah. their sake, but. <laughs> uh, can I shift the lens completely? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious about something. This is probably circle back to when I said this earlier, out of left field. Um, Working with autism. Oh, yeah. I'm just curious, because I'm curious about this in the general, like, mental health field. But so on the spectrum is, like, essentially a fucking hashtag now. Right. um, And kids are diagnosing themselves on TikTok videos. And I didn't know that. Oh, I'm just, (laughs) well, then never mind. Well, I was just wondering, like, how you're seeing that become more popular like in pop culture for lack of a better term or or if you're seeing that at all it sounds like maybe you're not i don't know well i'm uh, not seeing it on tiktok well i don't <laughs> have tiktok maybe if i go on tiktok yeah. i'll see it um you know i get kind of asked questions like this a lot and i um okay so i mean we grew up around the same time and you remember yeah. when i don't know if it ha- happened with you but like everyone had a peanut allergy well i remember when yeah all of a sudden yeah it seemed to be like a thing and i was like where were these peanut allergies when i was a kid <laughs> like yeah I, I i still don't understand like there is a level of uh ignorance that i'm sticking to that i'm like hold on <laughs> i feel yeah. like we're we're coddling something here. Right. So I feel like, or maybe not when we were growing up. Yeah. Because it wasn't around when we were growing up. No. But when. There still peanuts on airplanes we, when I was growing right. up. Right. <laughs> I remember there was like, all of a sudden it was like, everyone has a peanut allergy. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, and I know there's people out there that sort of, they have very serious allergies. So oh, yeah. I'm not discounting Absolutely. that. But and I think those kids always like existed. But all of a sudden, like, you can't give your kid peanut butter and jelly at school. Because right. like, they could get in the air and. I don't have kids. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that road of having a lot of angry mothers, <laughs> right. but, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> then, then maybe it was like everyone had AD, ADD or whatever, but also, so there are more people who are getting diagnosed with autism. And I think it's twofold. One part is for a long time, no one was against like unless you were very very extreme yeah like you well, were, when you but, and me were in school like autism was 
the kids that were like in some form of chair or were like yeah had serious physical and behavioral disorders that were obvious right and now it feel like it's a much wider yes because they've changed the like the was it dsm it used to be dsm4 and when it went to dsm5 they've like broadened it and so you don't have to have as many qualities like they removed asperger's there's no asperger's or autism it's just autism and the spectrum and so some people are being diagnosed just because they have social awkwardness and i mean that's like half the people I grew up with. Like, yeah. <laughs> are we all autistic? Like, yeah. um, are you so? Are you seeing a much wider range of like clientele now because of that? Yeah, and then I think the most interesting thing is like I think the kids, the young kids that get diagnosed, they yeah they truly have it. You know, they're the ones that like we need to like help them along with speech, you know, learn how to communicate and um, reduce their behaviors. But then you'll have these late teenagers come in and they've never been diagnosed before, but all of a sudden they have a diagnosis. And I mean, I'm not a doctor. I, you know, there's no like sure way of, they still don't know what causes it, but I'm pretty sure that autism is not like a late onset thing like you don't go through your life being yeah a typical individual yeah. t- neurotypical individual and then you just wake up at 17 and now i have autism yeah. so i'm seeing a lot of we're seeing a lot of that where people are like oh yeah you know i just was never diagnosed before but i really like yeah. well and the thing i'm seeing a lot and it's 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 tricky because i think we are in an area where we're over diagnosing a lot of things um like adhd Mm-hmm. which I'll tell you my whole story with that afterwards. But um, <laughs> there's uh, my friend Chad, right? He one day was, was like, called me, said I talked to some friends. They told me like, I, they think I'm on the spectrum and I think I am now too. And um, at first I was like, talk to a doctor. Don't talk to your friends. Yeah. But then when I started learning about it and I, it was like explaining all the behaviors I've always known him to have that set him apart from like your normal person that like picks up on social cues. And right. Stuff. Right. And so I think there is some justification and people like are finding a label for something that they've never been able to identify before. Yeah. But then I also think like ADHD, there's like a trend of like trying to put people into a box so they can put a label on something, not that that's necessarily the label for that. Right. Like just defaulting to autism instead of saying like, oh, is this, you know, yeah. like some other type of like mental yeah. handicap or is, is, is... Yeah. Is there some traumas that you can work through before you like... Right. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you check one box and yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because it, it, I feel like I can tell because individuals that are that are autistic they respond to the therapy we do yeah and then the ones that don't don't respond that's why you're board certified (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly um i think that brings us somewhat current (laughs) is there there anything that i didn't talk about or you didn't talk about that you wanted to 
I don't know. I think okay. we're all caught up. <laughs> covered, covered your entire life. <laughs> For um, real. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah, this has been fun. <laughs> it has been fun. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Lindsay Traurig. Ah, I'm so excited to see her. And she did not disappoint. You know, Lindsay is one of those people that unfortunately, you know, we have friends that we see on social media are going through some shit, right? I mean, I've interviewed Emily on here who is what three times of breast cancer. Um, and sometimes there are people that are close to us, you know, physically or emotionally or whatever that looks like. And sometimes they're people we worked with before, or they, we used to be close and maybe they live in another state now. Uh, you know, those relationships are very different on social media, but you always wonder like what that experience is like for that person. And this was such a great opportunity for me. And I'm very grateful that Lindsay agreed to sit down and, and share her story. And in addition to that, like I learned so much about her that I didn't know, including that apparently we met years before we ever worked together during a really funny time in my life. Uh, <laughs> that was really funny to find out that we met when her friend was working at FYE. I'm still freaked out by that. That's crazy. And I learned that she is a board certified behavioral analyst which is someone I will likely be working uh, directly with to some degree in my future career. And that's just wild that uh, that's the field that she's already in. I didn't even know that. So, so thankful. Lindsay, your smile is bringing joy to the whole world. And I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. And yeah, I guess I'll see you next week. What a great freaking time. Okay. I love you. Bye-bye. P.S. If you're going out on St. Patrick's Day this week, be safe. Okay? Don't organize bar crawls like I used to. All right. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye.